This is Languagecaster.com's football podcast. I hope you're well and enjoying all the football. This is our 27th show of the 2008-2009 footballing season. And of course, in Europe, it's reaching the business end of that season. But club football took a back seat this week as international World Cup qualifiers and friendlies took centre stage. Now, I believe that Damien actually went to one of those World Cup qualifiers to see his team, Ireland, take on Georgia. How did it go, Damien, and how are you? Hey, Damon, how are you doing? Uh, and although it's a wet and windy Thursday morning here in Ireland, most people are in a good mood after last night's 2-1 victory for the boys in green against Georgia in a World Cup qualifying match, which leaves us on 10 points. Well said. Yeah, that's joint top of the table with Italy. South Africa, here we come. Hey, Damon, how about Japan? Uh, didn't they play in the World Cup yesterday? They did indeed. They took on Australia at home. But more about that later in our review of the footballing week in Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Um, what else is on the show today? Well, we've got our main piece. Managers have been in the news a lot this week, and uh, I believe you're going to take a look at some of those uh, managers. That's right. And we've got predictions in English for football. So, Damon, what was good for you this week? Well, you can't keep him out of the news, can you? David Beckham receives his 108th cap for England. Now, that equals Bobby Moore's record as an outfielder with the most caps for England. Uh, the LA Galaxy stroke AC Milan star looks set to beat more and move second in the all-time list behind England goalkeeper Peter Shilton, who unbelievably got 125 caps. Now, surely, surely Beckham can't play for England a further 18 times to beat that, can he? Well, you never know. You just never know with David Beckham, do you? Now, I'm going to continue with the international football theme for my goods, and I'm going to talk about some of the powerhouses of the international game because they scored some very impressive victories over tough opposition this week. Um, Spain, the champions of Europe and FIFA's number one team, continued their impressive form with a 2-0 victory over England and a real lesson in passing football. Now, admittedly, England were without some of their bigger names like Rooney and Gerrard, but this was still a comprehensive victory. Now, Argentina beat France in France with another 2-0 victory. And that leaves Maradona in charge uh, two from two in uh, his spell as the Argentinian coach. Messi and Gutierrez found the net in a competitive and somewhat feisty game. Now, South American neighbours Brazil also won with yet another 2-0 victory. And they beat world champions Italy with goals from Manchester City duo Alano and Robinho. Now, even though they're all friendlies, it will do Spain, Argentina and Brazil no harm to put in such impressive performances against difficult opposition. That's right. There, there were some exciting games, weren't they? Yeah, despite being friendlies. Now, for my bad this week, I'm going to talk about managers. And uh, in the Premier League, we saw two high-profile managers being sacked. Uh, Felipe Scolari and Tony Adams are unceremoniously booted out of their positions as coaches of Chelsea and Portsmouth, respectively. Now, while it's difficult for me as a Spurs fan to have any sympathy for anything to do with London rivals Chelsea <laughs> or former Arsenal captain Tony Adams... It does seem to me that short-termism has won out yet again. In the same week that the Premier League announced another record TV deal, ensuring even more riches for their clubs, it seems that teams want immediate success with little or no time for managers to get across their message. 
Scolari was in charge at Chelsea for seven months, while Adams was at Portsmouth for only five. Damon, how about you? What was bad for you this week? Well, just a little comment on that note. I don't think it's any coincidence that both Scolari and Adams and their teams, Chelsea and Portsmouth, came up against Liverpool and lost just before they got canned. Spooky. Think about it. Very think spooky it. indeed, yeah. Now, <laughs> now for me, uh, the bad is it's bad for uh, Manchester United. Uh, the falling pound has denied them another championship. This time it's bragging rights to being the richest club in the world. Um, it would have been different if the pound had not dropped dramatically in value against the euro. Uh, basically, it's collapsed, hasn't it? Mm. Um, the richest football club remains Real Madrid, who topped the table and are valued at a staggering $365 million. Uh, Manchester United, the, Eng the English champions, the European club champions, and the world club champions, but not the champions in the rich list. In third, fourth, and fifth are Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Chelsea. Now, this week, my ugly, um, remaining with Chelsea, some of the news coming out of the Chelsea camp that senior players were not happy with Scolari as manager and that the dressing room was divided is pretty ugly, I think. It's like rats leaving a sinking ship. Mm -hmm. uh, the, journal, the German international Michael Ballack's comments about the Chelsea former coach were especially disappointing, calling him the weakest link at the team. Well, Michael, you're hardly setting the Premier League on fire and it's not because of Scolari's training methods. Uh, you've been poor for a long time. It's always ugly to see players bad-mouthing departing coaches. What do you think? And what's your ugly? Yeah, I think that's a really apt uh, description of Chelsea players, uh, calling them rats. Um, now, <laughs> it was uh, pretty ugly. Since Joey Barton's been injured, he's been out of the ugly section for a while. I think I've got a good replacement for him. Who's it's, that? Uh, it's Manchester City and Wales forward Craig Bellamy. Now, recently he was involved in two incidents with fans, over just over the past couple of days, actually. First up, he had to be led away from Middlesbrough supporters after reacting to their taunts in the game on Saturday, and that resulted in him getting a yellow card. And then after last night's friendly for Wales against Poland, he had to be led away again from a fan after he reacted to some more abuse. Now, Bellamy asked why these incidents always <laughs> happen to him. Why indeed, Craig? Why indeed? Right, now next up it's Damien with a look at some of the language we use when we talk about football managers. Now, as we've already mentioned, football managers have been in the news this week with some high-profile sackings and plenty of gossip surrounding possible new appointments. So, on Languagecaster's main report this week, we take a look at some of the language used to describe the life of a football manager. All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players is taken from Shakespeare's play As You Like It, in which the character Jacques introduces the seven stages of man. Here though, with apologies to the great writer, are the seven stages of being a football manager. Stage one, managerial merry-go-round. Getting a job as a football manager is not such an easy prospect, as it seems that the same old faces are always involved. This is known as the managerial merry-go-round, with bosses never really leaving football, but seemingly just swapping jobs. 
Therefore, getting onto this merry-go-round is your first priority, and to do so, you need to read the job advertisements in the newspapers, or more specifically, the football gossip on the back pages. Stage two, applying for a job. Of course, you need to send in a CV. But before you do that, you need to be linked with the post or become a target for the club. If you see your name written with these phrases, then you can improve your job chances by expressing an interest in the position. Stage three, getting the job. Congratulations, you've been appointed as first team coach or manager or trainer or gaffer or whatever. You have the job. You've succeeded the previous incumbent, and finally you can lead the team. You are in charge. Don't forget to sign a contract and make sure that there is a payout clause, just in case things don't go as planned. You've made it. You're on the managerial merry-go-round. Stage four: being in charge. Now you're in charge. What is it you have to do? Well. Be responsible for all sorts of jobs, including choosing tactics and players, dealing with agents, transfers, and the media, and of course, keeping an eye out for a new job. Invariably, the start of your tenure is a good one as players try harder, and a sense of hope surrounds the club. And this leads to what is known as a honeymoon period, when results improve and everyone loves you. Stage five: trouble ahead. But then results don't go your way, and your name is on the back pages of the papers again. But this time, with a picture of you looking rather sad. Speculation is rife, and rumours abound as others on the merry-go-round sense an opportunity. You meet the owners for crisis talks, as there are suggestions that you've lost the dressing room. The players have little or no respect for you, and then, before you know it, you've become a dead man walking. Six goodbye, and then just as you're getting used to the hot seat, you have to go. You're out of a job, sacked, fired, dismissed. You've got the boot for poor results, and you're paying the price. But you're not really, as you receive a multi-million-pound payout in compensation. Stage seven, round again. You decide to take a break from the game, but you don't rule out a return at some stage in the future. And then suddenly, your name is back in the frame for another post. Initially, you distance yourself from it, dismissing it as mere speculation. But you miss the cut and thrust of the day-to-day -day challenges of the Premier League, and you feel you cannot turn down the opportunity of managing once again. And before you know it, you're on the merry-go-round once more. The perils and pitfalls of being a football manager. Thanks for that, Damien. Next up, we have Damien with this week's English for football. Yaggedy yag, and don't talk back. Yaggedy yag, yaggedy yag. Yaggedy yag, yaggedy yag. Yaggedy yag, yaggedy yag. This week's English for football is upbeat. The phrase originally comes from music. It refers to a conductor raising his or her arm as a signal to the orchestra. More informally, it is used to say you feel positive about something. You say you are upbeat about something. The phrase is also used often when news has been bad recently, but you are still optimistic and positive. 
So this week England lost to Spain 2-0 and never really looked like competing. This was bad news. However, their coach Capello remained upbeat about his team's performance, saying it was good practice for their next World Cup qualifying game against Ukraine. He was upbeat about the performance. To be upbeat about something. My name is Hortensia and I'm from Zaragoza and I'm a Real Zaragoza supporter and you're listening to Langacaster.com. Yes, you are listening to languagecaster.com. And remember to come along to the site and read the posts, uh, check out the polls, and maybe add some comments too. And for those of you interested in learning English, we've got worksheets, vocabulary notes, uh, English expressions, and lots, lots more. In last week's predictions, we had seven games. And we went to Argentina for our first games of the season. Tigre San Lorenzo and neither of us correctly uh, scored that one. Uh, we didn't get Sevilla, Real Betis or Tottenham Arsenal either. But the last four games, Damien had a bit more luck. He correctly predicted three of the results, um, including Japan against Australia, which he predicted as a draw. Perhaps he didn't know how dull and boring it would actually turn out to be. Um, I got a perfect score. America against Mexico, USA against Mexico, 2-0. Um, so that gave me three points. So a 3-3 draw in this week's prediction battle. Um, that leaves me on 180, 117, sorry, and Damien on 108. How about this week? Let's see. Right then, Damon, after last week's 3-3 draw, let's uh, see if I can close the gap somewhat. Uh, we're going to start off with the Bundesliga big game this week, the top of the table clash between Hertha Berlin and Bayern Munich. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of odd to see Hertha Berlin at the top here, uh, playing it out with Bayern Munich. Both of them have had uh, re good results recently and both of them have had bad results recently. Um, so form is out the window. I reckon it's going to be a 1-1 draw. How about you? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think this is going to be an away win. I think Bayern Munich are going to win this one. I think they're playing okay. They had, As you mentioned, they did lose one of their games after the Christmas break. But I think they're playing well enough to win this one as well. They're going to win this one 3-1 away from home. Okay, well, I wonder if you're going to call an away victory in the next game we look at. We're going down to Argentina again. The second week down there, it's Boca. Uh, and they're going to take on Newell's Old Boys at the Bombardera. What is it? The Bomba, the what? The Bombardera, the chocolate box. That's it, that's it. What do you reckon? There's, there's going to be no away victory here for the Newell's Old Boys. Uh, Boca Juniors all the way. This will be a 2-0 home victory. Yep, I think they're going to win. Um, I think they're going to win 3-1. Now, staying in Argentina, we've got uh, San Lorenzo against Godoy Cruz de Mendoza. Damon, where the hell is Godoy Cruz de Mendoza? <laughs> Funny you should mention that. I've just been checking that out. Right near the Chilean border and Santiago, in fact. Wow. Uh, pretty high up there in the, in the mountains, I think. Um, they were relegated last year, but they're straight back up this year but they're not going to get a result here at San Lorenzo. Um, they're going to go down to Buenos Aires and they're going to lose. They're going to lose 2-0. Uh, yeah, I think San Lorenzo will be far too strong for Godoy and I think this will be a 2-1 victory for San Lorenzo. Okay, and Serie A, we've got a big game here. Unfortunately for AC Milan, Kaka is out injured um, as they go uh, to their big rivals, Inter. Uh, so the derby here, Inter versus AC Milan. 
Yeah, this is uh, obviously a, a huge game at the top of the table. I think possibly AC Milan's last chance to mount a title challenge, do you think? It could be, yeah. Yeah, and uh, thanks to David Beckham, would you believe they're showing this game live on BBC in England? It's unbelievable. The, pu oh, the pulling power of David Beckham really is. Um, I, I, I'm not sure, though, that Milan will have enough to beat Inter. Uh, I think this will be a 1-1 draw. How about you? Oh, you stole it from me. <laughs> stole it from me. Uh, I also think it'll, it'll be a draw, so I'm going to have to go for a nil-nil draw. Nil-nil, Serie A? Surely not. <laughs> um, now, we're going to go to the FA Cup, and a uh, great tie here. Everton against Aston Villa, two Premier League sides in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Uh, Everton, of course, had a famous victory, knocking my side, Liverpool, out uh, in extra time. What do you reckon? Yeah, this, I think this is going to be a great game. Really, really hard-fought match. Uh, lots and lots of English players on the pitch as well. So it'll be good for uh, possibly the Italian coach Capello to have a look at some more players. Um, Aston Villa have a, a fantastic away record. Really, really good. But a lot of those wins have been rather lucky. And I think that their luck will continue. They're going to win this one 1-0 away at Everton. What do you think? I think this one's going to be another draw. Mm. Um, and I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Now, staying in the cup, we've got uh, Derby County against Manchester United. Now, Derby, of course, beat Nottingham Forest in the last round on a replay, and Manchester United beat my team, Tottenham. Uh, what do you think? Can Man United continue for their treble, treble or quadruple or five trophies Quintuple. this season? <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, I think uh, they're going to have a little bit too much for Derby. Although they met in the Carling Cup and Derby put up a bit of a fight over the two legs, um, I think Manchester United are on a roll and their squad is just so deep that uh, even if they put out a, a semi-weakened side, i.e. not their usual starting eleven, they're still going to have too much quality. Uh, they're going to beat Derby 2-0. Um, I think they will beat Derby, but I think it might take a replay. This is going to be a 1-1 draw. All right, and uh, we're going to stay with Manchester United as they take on Fulham in uh, their game in hand. This is a game right from the beginning of the season um, that they have in hand. What do you think? Fulham have been playing very well. Manchester United, of course, recently went top of the league after a, a pretty poor start to the season. Um, are they going to stay there? Are they going to get the three points that they have in hand? Um, what do you reckon? Uh, yes, they're going to beat Fulham. Um, I don't think they're going to give them a hiding. I think this will be a 2-0 victory for Manchester United. What do you think? Come on, Fulham. Come on, stop Manchester United, please. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Sorry, was that Rafa Benitez on the line there? It sounded very much like a desperate man. 1-1. <laughs> one, one. Well, uh, I hope that comes true. Well, that's it for this week. Yep. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you all again next week. Enjoy the football. See ya. Bye. -bye.